I think the one thing I learned more than anything is being in a room, whether it was players, coaches, trainers, uh, cooks, doctors, even the equipment managers. Everybody that walked through that building was the very best at their craft. And I think being around that type of mentality at the 21, 22, 23-year-old is kind of forms the way I look at things. Um, I think it had a major impact on me. This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators. Welcome to the Insurance Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Reed Holsworth. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Will Shaw. Will Shaw is the co-founder and CEO of Better Agency. If you haven't heard of Better Agency, you will. Well, you're hearing about it now, but but you'll be hearing about it more. Uh, Better Agency is a, a new agency management system that really kind of started in the marketing automation side. We're going to get really deep into that. But first, in this episode, we're going to really get to know Will. And where's Will from? He grew up in the streets of Baltimore. We're going to hear about his passion for football as a child that brought him all the way through to the NFL. Wow. NFL to insurance technologists, right? Wild. We're also going to get to know more about Will's background, about his family life, especially around his father and how his father, very similar to my father, which we'll get into, has done a lot of secret projects that we'll never know about for our government. Really, really cool stuff. Really great episode. Stay tuned. Join me today is the one, the only, and a better looking beard than I have, Mr. Will Shaw. How you doing, Will? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. So Will is co-founder, founder, co-founder, I guess co-founder. I think um, yeah, co-founder technically. Technically co-founder of Better Agency, um, which we're going to get into in a bit. Uh, these guys are crushing it. Will's got an awesome story. Um, but before we get into the the business side, tell us a little bit about yourself, Will. Like when you were a kid, where'd you grow up? What'd your parents do for a living? You know, give us some give us some details, man. Let's get to know you. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in downtown Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a city guy, uh, and I'll never go back. Um, so <laughs> I'm I'm strictly a West Coast guy now in my life. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I grew up in Baltimore. My mom was an ER, ER, uh, doctor for about 25 years in downtown Baltimore. And, oh, wow. uh, my father, uh, was retired for most of my childhood. He worked for the government. My father's older. Um, uh, he's 88 years old now. Uh, he was 60 when he had my little sister. Uh, so oh, I, grew wow. up with, I grew up with older parents, uh, with a father that spoke about five languages and traveled the world for the government. And my mom was a ER doctor for about 20 years in downtown Baltimore. That's wild. That's yeah, wild. So it was interesting. What's it like growing up in like downtown Baltimore? You know, I, I, I know I've known a few people that have lived in Baltimore, yeah. but I, I don't know a lot of people that have kind of grown up there. What was it like? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, there's, you just looking back on it, you start to question like, okay, there weren't, there were certain streets that I wasn't allowed to go down. There's certain mm-hmm. areas. Like even though I was walking with friends, like 
I would split across and not walk down certain streets. It's just kind of how it was. Um, I grew up in little Italy. I didn't realize that like, you know, we were, we'd be watching movies in like the, like they, there was this parking little parking structure across the street from one of the good Italian dessert places. It was like a big wall and they would like play like kid movies on every Friday and Saturday night. I didn't know that the whole place was run by the mob until now later in life. Like I didn't know that. Um, like I didn't know the dude hanging out on the second floor smoking a cigar was like the mob boss until I was older. My, my parents could explain that whole situation to me. Um, so I just thought it was great. Like, I, you know, we had like, you know, uh, we just hung out with a bunch of people and uh, we had, it was just a mixed match of different peoples and cultures down in downtown Baltimore. So that part was cool. Um, but I don't go back as an adult. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. What did you, what did you think? And this may be a dumb question, but what did you think of the wire? Like, I mean, you know, cause that, I mean, did that put a bad light on Baltimore? Do you think? I, I don't think it helped, but the, the I love I, that show, by the way. It was to awesome. be clear, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, I totally agree. Uh, the problem with the wires is it was probably too real. Like it was probably too true. Uh, so <laughs> podcast Baltimore, the greatest, you know, the greatest light. They've done a great job of cleaning it up. It's, it's you know, it's hard like any other city though. It's, you know, it is, I don't like to use it, but it, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know that the wire helped or hurt it. I think it was just the, the reality of the situation. It probably was pretty true. Huh. Yeah. I have a friend, um, Andrew Bartall. He lives in Baltimore and um, he always gives me shit about being in Milwaukee, and I gave him the same about being in Baltimore. He's a he's an insurance technology guy, primarily on the Salesforce kind of consulting side. Yeah. He works with a lot of agencies um, doing Salesforce implementations and things like that. And right. uh, I know that dude, but he's a he's a former. Uh, he lives there. He's lived there for quite some time, but he yeah. likes it. You know, uh, there's parts I miss about it. I, I mean, like. And it's, it's beautiful outside the city too. Like that whole Maryland, that DMV area is great. Uh, I do love that part of it. And um, I, I go back every once in a while. It's just, you know, I don't know. I, I like the West coast. I, I like the vibe of being, I'll say this being brought up in an East coast environment and living on the West coast, I think is a massive advantage. I grew up with kind of like that hustle and bustle, like kind of asshole personality of an East coast city person. But now I'm on the West Coast where the vibe's more chill. Everybody's kind of laid back. And I kind of use that to my advantage because I still have that upbringing of being a, you know, I think the East Coast people are harder workers than West Coast. I think West Coast too chill. But I like living in that environment. So I, I kind of take advantage of it. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's funny. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area early on in my career. And I remember like, you know, I was up at, you know, 6 a.m. grinding and you'd yeah. see people like starting to kind of hustle the work around like, I don't know, 10 or so, yeah. <laughs> like you know, and it was like, what is going on here? And that's not, I mean, not generally speaking, but just kind of observing yeah. that. Um, where on the West Coast are you now, Will? Uh, Arizona. So not quite, hey. not quite all the way to California, but Arizona. Yeah. Arizona's awesome, man. I love it out there. Um, yeah, I, it's great. I probably won't ever leave. Yeah, it's, it's. I've had um, a few of our people actually have moved to Arizona um, and throughout this pandemic and whatnot. They, they love it. It's it's a great, great place to be. So as a kid, let's yeah. get into hobbies and sports because um, word on the street is you, you played a little sports. 
right? I did. Yeah, I uh, I was a prototypical kid that I would just wanted to play football, and that was that was my thing. I, I grew up around the game. I mean, I grew up literally, you know, what five blocks over from uh, or uh, from Camden Yards. I grew up, you know, being able to see the old Memorial Stadium. Like I grew up in the vicinity of that, but. Yeah, I grew up playing football, um, or ba- I grew up ba- playing baseball. Really, um, I wasn't my my parents. My mom wouldn't let me play football. It wasn't oh, wow. until we were, we would play football on the streets in between cars, and uh, it wasn't until like I don't know fifth or sixth grade. I, I I tackled somebody into a car, and his tooth ended up in my head. It was a whole thing. Like I knocked oh, his shit. tooth out, and she's like, "All right, if you never play football ever again, I'll let you play fo- like." If you never play football outside of organized football, like if you never play football on the street or at the park again, you can play football. Because uh, I was like causing probably more damage playing football for fun than I was probably organized football. So it wasn't until sixth grade or seventh grade that I was actually allowed to play football. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so that was it. So is that, is that what you wanted to do when you grew up? Did you want to be a football star? Like what did you want to – when you grew up, what, what, what was your – what did you want to be? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like football or bust. Um, I yeah. said I wanted to play football or maybe I would join the government and kind of go down that path that my dad did. Um, mm. I found that to be interesting. Like I, there was a real appeal to me to like, again, he, he spoke five languages at his peak and lived across across the world, knows a lot of people. Um, there was a lot of interest in me for doing that. So I figured I'd take sports as far as it took me and then maybe I'd go get like a criminal justice degree or a business degree and, and try to work my way up into you know, the government and some agency and kind of follow that path. That's, that's awesome. So click into that a little bit. So for context, a lot of people don't know this, but my dad, same speaks multiple languages, um, traveled the world internationally, primarily worked in defense. Um, but as a, as a civilian contractor did a lot of crazy stuff. That's been really interesting to learn as I've gotten older yeah. Like what that was, who they were, but you know, um, my, my godparents are all in the CIA. Like, so I kind of grew up around that world, you know, with generals and a lot of military and, and just kind of people with, within that world. But at, my dad was a civilian. He wouldn't work for the government directly. Yeah. Um, and so, so that it's an interesting environment, um, to grow up in. And I don't know if you experienced the same, but like friends and family and the kind of the people that were, you were surrounded with. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if you experienced the same thing. And it I'm is. Yeah. Yeah. I very, very similar. Like I didn't realize it until I was adult. Well, actually when it dawned on me. So like I mentioned this, my dad's older, like mm-hmm. born in 1934. Um, he had my little sister at 60. My, my dad had my two older brothers and his first wife passed away. So he had my two older brothers, uh, my oldest, which is now in his early fifties, you know, me being, you know, 31, there's obviously a big age difference. So he kind of had his first family and then met my mom and had me, my little brother, my little sister. So I'm giving that context because I, I, I grew up with that, that's similar to what you're saying, except I didn't realize until I was probably, you know, 24, 25 years old. Yeah. Um, my, my second, all, all my family was in the military. I was the first male not to go in the military. I chose the football oh, wow. route. Um, and <clears throat> Um, my, my, not my oldest brother, but my, my older brother passed away while, you know, after when he served. So he passed away when I was about 30 or when I was 24, 25. And so we went back to Baltimore for the funeral. All my family's there. 
bunch of people I haven't seen in years, right? Because this is right when I'm getting out of the NFL. I haven't seen anybody really. Uh, um, and I'm back, and we're 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 drinking at the bar down at the hotel. We're all, all of our family staying in the same spot. Everybody that's not local, and we're drinking. And all of a sudden, like military guy walks in in uniform, right? Military guy walks in, comes down. We're drinking, no big deal, right? Like my whole family's, you know, half my family's in military uniform at this point. So like, but then all of a sudden, like we're it's like you know, it gets later. We're drinking. And then a two-star general walks in. And yeah. then a three-star, we got security coming in. You got guys in black suits. They're all coming up to my father and talking to my father, and he knows these guys. And I've got a three-star general that I'm sitting right next to, like, yep. just like, you know, I, I'm me. This is a three-star general. I've got, like, security right behind us. And it, it was a wild experience to realize, like, you know, my, similar. My father was a civilian. He was an engineer. Um mm. But listening to those stories and kind of realizing that later in life, like what he got to do, like he lived yep. in Saudi Arabia. He built the original U.S. Uh, military airport that was moving in and out of Saudi Arabia back in the 60s and 70s. And like back then, that's when they were first starting to try to figure out, uh, you know, how they were moving oil back and forth, how they were moving money back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really wild, cool stories. Like I got just like random, like like chic, like the whole like dagger and, and like white coat with the gold bands and stuff. Like my dad has all of that stuff that was given to him. Like just random stuff like that has really been cool to kind of look back and like really understand. Like this is like, no wonder I grew up where, like reading, I grew up reading Tom Clancy books. Cause like my dad lived that kind of life. Like it was like, he was like flying on like private jets and getting armed escorts yeah. to different places. Cause he was the engineer on site coming to do different things. And my brothers followed a similar path. He's also an engineer. Um, knowing some of the same things. It's, 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 it's cool. Yeah. My dad, um, he did a lot of stuff that he still can't talk about. Um, and, um, but they've, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, they flew a flag for him at the white house for anti-terrorism, like stuff like that. And, um, it's pretty interesting story. So he owned a company where he did lots of things and a lot of training, a lot of special ops training and, and, specifically around live fire. So they did a lot of live fire, you know, kicking doors down and whatnot. And right. Marines contract him and his company to, to train them on special things, you know, driving techniques, all kinds of stuff like that. And anyways, it's, it's, it's kind of, my dad's always been an entrepreneur and he, um, he have invented and patented um, these um, live fire range shelters. And so like they used to build these little towns out of OSB and then, you know, you shoot them with a machine gun and they just kind of fall apart, right? It's bad for the environment. They're dangerous. Yeah. You get ricochet stuff. You know, it's, it's just not great. And um, he patented kind of like um, these panels that go together and they're basically out of a, out of a, like a ballistic foam. But you can stack them and you can build these cities. And um, now he just like, dude, he just chills and he has this patent and he works with all these government like contractors and yeah. he put in. So if you drive down in, in, in San Diego, for the listeners here, you drive down the 405 going down to San Diego, and you could drive by Camp Pendleton, you'll yes. see the city that I'm talking about, and that's all his stuff. And so and so he just, like, ships these panels, and he has this patent. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet little deal. Yeah, that's great. But um, but anyway, sorry. So we're, like, getting way off topic yeah. here. But, but um, I love talking about this stuff. So it's an interesting life, and similar <laughs> to you, same thing, man. Um, multiple generals and like, and you just don't really understand what that really means until later in life. Yeah. And who these, who these people are. And, and so um, that's pretty cool. It's you know, interesting. Cause like, you know, they can't talk, there's certain things like similar, like my dad doesn't talk about certain things, but like 
My dad's 87, 88. So like he's like, he'll say something and it doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden, two or three years later, he's talking about a similar story and it starts to add up. It's been really cool to like kind of figure out, like trying to like map uh, what he's not supposed to talk about together over my life. It's, it's been kind of fun to put together. It's very cool. My dad's a, a big hiker, just like I am. So we've done a lot of hikes together and whatnot. And, um, and it's as he's gotten older, kind of letting loose some of those stories that you can't talk about. And he's, I mean, he's crazy paranoid about stuff over the yeah. phone. It's just like wild stuff. And it's, you know, there's good reason for it. Yeah. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's, so you, you, you made a little comment a minute ago. You said, Oh, when I was in the NFL, like you just kind of, that one just kind of like just slipped right by. Tell us about that. Like what, so you yeah. follow this, you're like, you know what, you know, tooth in my head, mom says no more. You got to actually go play football. You can't be playing in the streets of Baltimore anymore. Yeah. And so you're like, this is what I want to do. I'm going after it. I'm not going down the military path. I'm I'm, I'm going to be a football player, professional. That, so that, that was, worked, right? That was, so, my, that was my idea. That was the 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 ten year old idea, and said if I didn't make it, I would just join the military and move. You know, keep it moving. Um, we ended up. I, so I started playing football. My first year was seventh grade, and uh, after that. We ended up moving to Arizona. My mom got a chance to get out of the hospital, moving to more of the management side. And she kind of got into some different things, which was really interesting. Like she worked on like the Affordable Health Care Act and some of that stuff, which was cool. But uh, we moved out to Arizona, which like we were all anti, you know, like it's like, you know, it's a completely different culture. Like it's moving from Baltimore. It's like I've got like I've got my Polish neighbor. I've got like. You know, somebody that just moved from Africa. I've got somebody across the street from that's, you know, Jewish. I got this guy that's like from like, you know, I, I don't even know where Greece, like, and then I moved to Arizona and like now it's a massive melting pot. It's been really cool to see, but it was just a different environment. I'm like, I'm in the desert. It's not really a city. Like anybody that's been to Phoenix knows like Arizona is more built out. It's not built up. It's completely different. Um, so it was, it was a, you know, so I started football, moved across the country and kind of had a, deal with that as like a, you know, 12 or 13 year old kid, which was an adjustment for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I went into high school here, uh, was playing football, was not highly recruited. In fact, I was zero recruited. I was a zero star recruit. Um, I was not on any of those things like those rivals or five star, you know, the, you know, five star, four star, three, I was zero star. I was a zero star. I had no, I was nothing. Uh, I was, I was, getting recruited and uh, got injured my senior year uh, and uh, broke my ankle and ended up going to a local community college, Mesa Community College, to play junior college football. Um, I was there for one season. It was the worst experience of my life. Uh, really questioned why I was playing football at all. Like just trying to go to school all day, practice. Junior college is not a great environment. It's like, you know, you, you try to keep it professional, but like there's no – you don't have to be there. Like in high school, you had to be there because you wanted to play football. And then right. like in college, you're, you're kind of forced there because a lot of guys are on scholarship, obviously, and you want to be there. At junior college, it was just a, a revolving door. Like guys that were there for, you know, game one might not be there for game four because it's just in and out. It's just kind of how it was. Um, and so I was there for about one season. Um, and then the first scholarship I got was to Youngstown State in Northeast Ohio. One of the coaches had left U of A. 
that recruited me there, went to Youngstown State as the head coach. So that first scholarship, uh, during that time, my mom got stage four breast cancer. Um, so I thought about quitting football and just going right into the military to help, you know, pay for stuff and, and kind of handle some of that. And then I, I didn't think college was going to be realistic, just kind of looking at that bill and uh, got a full ride scholarship. Um, wasn't going to have to pay a dime. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to Youngstown, Ohio, I guess. Uh, and so that's what I decided, you know, that's what we decided to do. So I had three years of eligibility left and spent three years at Youngstown. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so I've, during when I moved there, I was, I, I was a, I was a safety. Um, I was a defensive back, oversized defensive back slash linebacker. So that's what I did my freshman year at junior college, my sophomore year at Youngstown. Junior year, I switch uh, full-time to linebacker, and I end up – we bring in two transfers, one from Miami University, from one from the U. And uh, basically, I lose my job, and they want to move me to tight end. Um, I had played tight end, thought about transferring. Long story short, I ended up switching to tight end um, and started basically my junior year as a tight end. And I got on everybody's draft boards after that. I had a good season. Oh, wow. I had a really good senior season. Um, we went into the University of Pitt on ESPN, beat them um, uh, my senior season, and uh, we had a good year. Uh, I then went uh, um, prepping for the NFL draft. I went undrafted and uh, signed with the Steelers, uh, was there for three days, was released, came back a week later, was there for about five days, was released again, and then signed with the signed a three-year contract with the Eagles. I was with the Eagles basically on and off for the next about year and a half after that. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What was that like? How was that? So once now you're like really in the NFL. Yeah. It's I mean, uh, it's really interesting. I would like, I had, first of all, the tax situation is extremely complicated because you have to pay taxes everywhere you live or everywhere you play. So that was a mess because I had a re- residence in Arizona at an apartment in Ohio. I played in, in Pennsylvania, but I also played games in Florida and New York um, Texas, uh, North Carolina. Like I played football across the, all this. So I had a pile of taxes everywhere. Uh, that's something they don't tell you about until, you know, I'm walking to like HR, HR block. I'm like, you know, 22 years old, walking into HR block, like, Hey, can somebody file my taxes for me? Yeah. You know, I'm playing in the NFL. I'm going to HR block. And they're like, we can't do this for you. Um, you know, cause nobody, nobody gave me any kind of real advice on, on some of that stuff. They've gotten a lot better about it now, but, um, you yeah, like, I mean, uh, like the rock from that show uh ballers right yeah like <laughs> that's crazy. i didn't know that yeah, um, yeah I, love it. I mean it, it was great it was a great experience like i i i uh i mean it was obviously a dream come true um i learned a lot i mean i think the one thing i learned more than anything is being in a room whether it was players coaches trainers uh cooks doctors, even the equipment managers, like everybody that walked through that building was the very best at their craft. And I think being around that type of mentality at the 21, 22, 23 year old is kind of forms the way I look at things. Um, I think it had a major impact on me. Uh, it was amazing. I think the transition from like college to NFL was less about skill set. I mean, I think there was a massive skill set change, but not something that I felt uncomfortable with. I think what was interesting was like you walked in the room, I'm 21 years old. I don't take life seriously yet. Here's a guy that's 30 years old. He's got three or four kids and he's on his stuff because he's like, we get paid every Tuesday. If I don't get paid on Tuesday. I don't make money. 
Mm-hmm. And I have a family. Like that, that, a lot of things people don't realize about the NFL is how we do contracts. Is like you see all this money that's prorated over seventeen weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see somebody sign a million dollar contract, I guess eighteen weeks now, yeah, that's prorated during the NFL season. So you don't get paid in the off season. So your paycheck, wow. if you're like like my rookie contract, you know, it, I think it's still somewhat similar. Like rookie contracts, the minimum is like five hundred or six hundred thousand dollars a year, or something like that, maybe four fifty. So that 450, you don't get paid until week one. You get some, you get some stipends that happen during mini camp and training camp, but like you don't get paid until week one. So week one, you get your prorated for 17 weeks of that 450 K. So whatever that comes out to, call it like 25 grand. So you get your paycheck on Tuesday for being there as part of the organization. But if next Tuesday you're, you're inactivated or you move to practice squad or you're released, you don't get a paycheck. So there's a lot of movement that happens in and out of the season. Of that kind of stuff. You see that a lot with baseball. Um, you see it a lot with football too, is guys moving in and out because you got to be there on Tuesday. So like, I, I would get cut very often on a Monday and then brought back uh, hmm. at a later date um, because Tuesday is when, you know, when I was in Philly, that's when we collected paychecks. Huh. That's wild. I didn't realize all of that. Yeah. So I, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was playing in the NFL. I, I drove a, uh, a, 2002 Chevy Silverado and I had I actually didn't have the car with me my car was in Ohio and I was living in Philadelphia at the Marriott Hotel at the airport for about six months Um, I was very friendly with the cooks downstairs and I knew everybody that worked at that hotel Um, and I racked up a serious amount of Marriott points (laughs) because for me the, the Eagles were willing to pay for it uh, I didn't know if I was going to be there on a week to week basis. Um, so from like 2013 to 2014, I basically, uh, I had a long six month stretch where I lived there, but like I was in and out of living at the Marriott and at the, at the Philadelphia hotel where I played for the Eagles. Wow. What an awesome episode. It's really interesting to hear Will's background, everything he's been through and just the, the drive this dude has, you know, I I said it in the episode, but this guy, I mean, people like this that have this kind of drive, this unstoppable drive, they don't stop. They keep going. That equals success. In my opinion, really, really cool. What was really interesting in this too. It's, it's, we have very similar backgrounds with, with our parents our fathers specifically. And I've actually never talked to anybody that's kind of gone through that and lived in that that world. So that was really interesting to go through, but really, really cool. In the next episode, we're going to learn how Will went from being an eagle, like what, <laughs> to then starting and founding Better Agency. Stay tuned. Really good stuff. The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit insuretechpod.com to contact us, suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show, and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.